0: When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other, we help each other to grow, we also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me, and let's connect. Connection Computer today. So I am here today with my friend Colleen Finnegan Gross. Now, Colleen, you and I, Colleen, have known each other for many years we went through like a dry spell I would say where we didn't really see each other so let me just share that Colleen and I grew up in in the same neighborhood we grew up in the same basically you know a block away from each other mm-hmm. and we both had like Irish Catholic kind of upbringing right mm-hmm. we both were educated in our formative years at St. Jude's yeah. And, and we hung out like playing in in, you know, the sandbox and going to the park and riding bikes, right? Yeah. So before we continue, Colleen, can you just tell me like just tell me a little bit about your childhood? So
1: yes. Yeah, so I like you grew up in Bucks County and in suburbia, middle class. Um pretty idyllic in a lot of ways, I'd say. You know, we're very fortunate, beautiful area, lots of country, Um, youngest of three. I have an older brother and an older sister, it's a big age difference. Um, My parents, uh, Irish Catholic, well, my father was Protestant, he later converted, but, um, you know, really, you know, steeped in traditions and culture, you know, raised with, the Catholic religion, but really more spiritual. Always, you know, had family around, friends around, celebrated the holidays, raised uh, by very kind and generous people um, that were also very much about having integrity and a strong worth at work ethic and morals, and taught me to be a decent human being. Um, So, you know, I I was very fortunate to have loving, caring, and generous parents. And um, I think we had a pretty good, you know, educational upbringing. Um, You know, it was was always very important. My father was a pretty successful guy, and I got to travel a lot with my parents. So I was kind of like an only child in ways, since my brother and my sister were a lot older. But my mom would just take me
0: right out of school for... Couple weeks a year, and we travel. And uh, it's very fortunate. That's interesting, Colleen, because what I do remember, even though we both had this kind of very traditional, I would say our upbringing. If you were on the outside looking in, it was a very traditional upbringing. But I will say, I do remember you as always being a free spirit, whatever that means. You always felt to me like your own person, and I just would view you as a free spirit. So, where do you think that came from? I think, you know, it, it just, I think it's
1: intrinsic in me and um, uh, I, I, I feel like my mother, you know, was very creative and um, her own person and pretty much, you know, instilled in me to be my own person um, and my dad was kind of that way too. Um, you know, the more I, I think about him as I've grown, grown up into an adult and having gotten to know him in his later years, he kind of marched to his own drum. And um, I think that was important to me, um, you know, and, and to, to be more like a leader. Um, yeah.
0: So I will say that Probably in our high school, I went to Lansdale Catholic and I think you went to Central Bucks West, right? Is that right? Yes.
1: I, yeah, I went to Lansdale Catholic know? for a year and then I went okay. to graduate from Central Bucks West, right?
0: Okay. So then I kind of like, didn't see you, right? From like, I think somewhere in our teenage years to yeah. our adult years, right? So, right? so Colleen, what were you doing? <laughs> oh my. <laughs> What What was your journey like? Yeah, I
1: I think, you know, I've done so many different things. Um, So, you know, I I was on the track to to go to college and I started college. But I think being exposed to so much travel and kind of marching to my own beat, I decided, you know, I don't really want to go to school for business. And so, Dad, I'm just going to travel (laughs) and work. So I, I left college and did that. and um, I was good in a lot of ways, but um, I look back and I wish I would have just finished, um, you know, stuck with it and st- stayed through uh, those years in school. Um, but I, I've done a little bit of everything. I mean, I've worked in corporate, I've done corporate sales. Um, I've been assistant to executives. Um, I went back to college. I got a degree in film from Temple University. And uh, 20 years ago, um, you know, I've, I've just, you know, I did a, a lot of travel, I studied abroad in Rome, Italy, traveled around Europe, um, went back to school again, got my master's degree this year. Um, but I, Congratulations. I kind of, you know, I, thank you. I, I wanted to do a lot of different things. I kind of was finding my way as a, as a single woman, um, had some long-term relationships, um, but it took me a while before I met my husband. I didn't meet my husband until my mid thirties. And I just kind of knew, you know, he was, he was the guy. I don't know. I just knew. Um, and I, I decided, you know, I finished my education with getting my film degree and I was very focused on making documentaries and making a social impact. And, you know, I want to have a voice in the world. I, I want to make, I want to impact make change impact people in good ways but after I met my husband not that I didn't feel that way it's like my focus shifted more towards being a wife and then a mom and, and a worker um and I wound up getting into sales and and doing quite well with that and kind of shelved my creative pursuits and then Facebook came along and uh you know I started to reconnect with with old friends you know like you and and Jennifer Wilson and Linda, you know, and Lorraine—all yeah. these people. Um, which from has
0: been—it's
1: been, yeah, from childhood. It's Patty Cohen. It's—it's it's been remarkable. And, and so I've—I feel like you know I've kind of bridged all these worlds, you know. Yeah. Um, and I—and and, I—and it's been really good to have good friends in my life, you know, always. But. Um, I'm grateful for the connections of, of the friends that I've had from, you know, the early years and uh, how, how important and meaningful those relationships, those, those core relationships were to me and still are. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's something to me about those people who knew you when you were little, and I don't know what that is, but there's like an immediate comfort and an immediate, like, I don't know there's not the need to present yourself as any certain way. There's something about somebody who knew you when you were eight, nine, ten, eleven years old that you just kind of accept that you kind of know maybe who I am more than even people who have spent their, you know, their 20s with me or something. Um, do you think that you would ever, Colleen, go back into the world of documentary filmmaking?
1: yes i do think i would want to get involved with that on some level and i have um since i've had children um about 10 years ago i i wound up in um, my my work um, in technical sales i sold to universities and i wound up running into a classmate Um, that I went to Temple with, and who was an IT manager, and he said, hey, listen, I want to make a documentary, and then Obama was running for his first term as president in 2012, and he asked me to be a producer, and I I wound up working on that. Um, It's called Oh Hope, Where Art Thou? It was was really pivotal um, for us, I think, as a society, having our first Black president, and uh, shifted a lot of perceptions in terms of racism and and core values. So I, I was happy to get lots of feedback and lots of participation from people that were now maybe considered alt-right, you know, MAGA or whatever, um, to middle of the road moderates, to extremely liberal people. Um, so it, it was very interesting and I enjoyed that very much. So I, I would like to, to get involved with that again in writing.
0: And then the one thing that I I always, think about you in relation to is music. Music has always seemed to me for you to be just a big part of your life in some way. Can you speak to that? What is that? Why is that? What does music mean to you? What does music mean to me? So,
1: yeah, music has always been you know, really a very important part of how I you know, express um, feelings, relate to the world, process emotions. Um, I think it's it's a gift. It's 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 so many things to to people. It's love. It's um, a, a way to to you know learn how to live life. You know and enjoy. You know, be happy, celebrate, be entertained. It's it's so many things. Um, You know, it's funny, I I remember one of the first memories that I have with you, we were like, we were probably about 11, maybe 12. Uh, So we had known each other for a long time at that point. And um, I got a cassette player and I used to tape songs off the radio and I guess we were, we were listening to rock and roll or starting to listen to classic rock and roll. And I remember we were walking, I think we were on Cherokee Road and I had this huge cassette player. It wasn't like a boom box, but at that time, I guess it could be considered that way. And I had some girls by the Rolling Stones <laughs> recorded. <laughs> And we were, we were playing this walking down the street, these two white suburban girls and like, <laughs> off in our heads to some girls, yeah. like maybe kind yep. of inappropriate content. We were just listening to it. We were enjoying it. We were having a great time. And I think we were, we were taking cookies from a wedding reception and getting yelled at, at the same time. Oh, right. Neighbors. Right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I, do. I love music, and um, I, and I've I've done documentary work uh, when I was in school around music, and um, still involved somewhat. Um, it's a passion. Uh, being involved with like organization or uh, st- like putting on festivals, sponsoring different different musical events, helping uh, musical friends with bookings and that sort of thing. I enjoy that.
0: So, and you've had, you know, you've had live music at parties that you've had in your home, at your home, that's been, and that has to make the party harder, but you commit to that. So that brings me to think about, you said you met Bruce when you guys were in your thirties. And what do you think it was? Like, are there certain things you have in common? Do you, what is it about, about Bruce? That you were like, this is the one. Um, wow. Does so, he love music in the same way? Is he his does, upbringing he does. similar, it's
1: different? But yes, he. So he, um, Bruce and I, we met um, online, and I joined for a month for free. At the time, Match. had a special. And I had just gotten back from, I was studying abroad in Rome, Italy, and this is like 2002, and uh, working in corporate part-time. And I was so completely disillusioned with online dating and just, you know, dating in general. I kind of had had it after a, a few phone calls in one date. And I, and I did talk to him, but I, you know, I, I guess there was a higher ratio of men to women. So like, I kind of forgot. And then I ran into him from mutual friends at a gathering and we, we were talking and I, I started to talk like my profile and he realized who I was. So we had this connection from our profiles being similar. Like we had similar interests. We both like music. We both like films. We both like dogs um, outdoors. And I, I, I saw he didn't smoke and he didn't drink you know, which is kind of rare. And so we had a lot of these, you know, cultural, uh, the same cultural paradigms in a lot of ways and similarities. So, um, you know, we, t- it was, it was a good fit in that way. Um, and then, you know, we just, we, we, we decided to plunge in <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, a year and a half later, we're married and having a baby. Um, so a lot of a lot of change really fast, but um, yeah, we and our core values are the same. I think our 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 core our core values are very different. You know, raised very differently. He wasn't raised with any religion, um, not much spirituality, but he he is he he yeah. is spiritual. Um, but he but he was raised to be a decent person, a good person. Um, but the, you know, I think it's hard. When you're with people that are from different backgrounds, I think that's harder, different cultures. But if you have those core, you know, similar, you know, ideas, paradigms, values, ideology, whatever, I think that it 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 helps so that you can bond together and and grow. Um, and that's something we have, and we're committed to each other. We don't we don't give up very easily. yeah
0: curse oh i know that's the you know i can relate to that actually well colleen you said that you both like films i think we should just address this right now so Uh, i i do you know what i'm
1: going to say i i think so is this about (laughs) forrest gump yes
0: okay so Colleen finnegan gross what's your middle name well it was mary Okay. But then I had
1: to marry Bruce Gross. So he guilted me into taking his name. So right. I had to drop the Mary and add Finnegan. So
0: what was your confirmation name? Anne. Okay. Just curious. I like to know these details. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Phil. Um, so I had a little podcast called Unpopular Opinions where I shared the unpopular opinion that unlike most of the rest of the world, I just really can't stand the movie, Forest Gump. And then you said, PS, let me just interject that my friend Roseanne loves this movie too. I will just say that, um, but you said, Amanda, I did my like thesis or something on Forest Gump. Is that correct?
1: I did, I, I had to do a paper on it Okay. In in, in college. And uh, I already loved the movie before I did the paper.
0: I was thrilled okay. that we were studying it. Okay. So what did you love about it? What did you love about Forrest Gump, Colleen? Tell me, I you need know, to know. You know, I, well, I, I do like Tom Hanks. Okay. Um, I,
1: you know, I do like Tom you Hanks. i like liked Tom him Hanks. since he was in Boz and Buddies.
0: Like I, I always Okay, Tom Hanks I'm really- fine. Cute. I was a Peter Scolari fan really. But oh he was right. great
1: too. Yeah. Um, but you know, Tom Hanks has the height.
0: Yes. So, sure. and
1: I'm, yeah.
0: So <laughs> uh, I think
1: um I, I you know when I saw that movie, I saw it about by myself. And I was going through a breakup and I cried through the whole
0: movie. Oh God, and I left I the movie something. and
1: it was very cathartic to me. Yeah. So I, you know, that stuck with me. Yes. Um, it's, it's well done in many ways. It's, it's well written. It's, it's a great storyline, you know, the underdog learning challenges, disabilities overcomes so much gets the girl, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful love story and all that. And I guess it's got its cheesy elements, which Tom Hanks movies tend to have. I kind of like cheesy a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, there's there's Coco. Coco, Jeff, is, so I'm Coco
0: is actually on my side. You know what she's saying, Colleen? She's saying, no, Colleen, I didn't like it. <laughs> I How think dare Coco you is disagreeing like Tom Hanks over me?
1: <laughs> talking about Tom Hanks, give me attention. Um, but you know, I, I I love stories about conquering the so-called impossible or insurmountable odds, you know, like being able to overcome it, challenges, yeah. difficulties, no matter what. And, you know, I could kind of relate to it. That was a, it was a tough time and, um, it gave me hope as corny as that probably, or trait as that sounds, it, it gave oh. me hope and, uh, and it was empowering. And I think, we need that. Just like we need humor. And like Will Ferrell, he's he's ridiculous, but he's hilarious. And yeah, so many of those movies are just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm watching this. This is so stupid. But I love that. I love humor and, you know, just enjoying life. It's especially now with there's so many challenges in the world. And I, I feel like it's easy for us to you know, it's always, there's always been challenges. It's just different time periods, different things going on, but we just seem like we have more of a multitude of them in, in our world and society. So I, I think it's easy to get caught up and we need to unwind and we need to be reminded like, okay, you know what? I don't have control over all this. Yeah, now, I, can't, I can't control it all. I've got lots of challenges, but I'm going to work on this right now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you about humor. I think humor is kind of a, a spiritual thing for me. I think humor is so necessary. Um, what other, do you have any other movies that are special to you? Like Forrest Gump was special to you? Um,
1: yeah, I actually, um, I like independent films. Like I loved Amelie. Um, there was a movie like Water for Chocolate in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. You know, um, there's there's some other you know movies that are empowering from a a female standpoint. Um, independent films like uh, Run Lola Run was one uh, from film school that I really enjoyed, and you know, from the aesthetics aspect and different conventions that they use to to make that. Um, but, you know, there's 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 so many. But I'd say I, I do like documentaries and, uh, you know, and humor. I'm not real big on horror films. Used right, to me either. What? Nothing Nothing that's like traumatic. I'm not looking to, yes. to uh, see if I can overcome, um, you know, being pushed to the limit with my fear and anxiety. Like, <laughs> yeah. just not looking for that.
0: No, I really. What about um any books that you found to be kind of impactful or life changing or empowering? So, um, as far
1: as an author, it's probably my favorite author, um, and his series is Tignahan.
0: Uh, oh yeah.
1: Uh, I'd say anything by Thich Nhat, I've I've read probably all of them. Um, he passed away um, last year, this time last year. Um, he was a renowned Buddhist monk, but he incorporated various spiritual principles from really all different religions. Um, he, he wrote a book called Living Buddha, Living Christ. and um, Cited a a priest who was a good friend of his so I think that those kind of books I get a lot out of it's it it takes discipline for me to uh, sit down and make the time to read nonfiction. Um, But those are really my favorites. Uh, My sister a long time ago she, she read, she gave me a book and we actually were reading it together at one point and uh, it's called be here now. she's she's a little older than me so that was like a popular book I think in the 70s um but it's it's a classic and it's all about you know living in the moment and uh trying to just you know transcend all this the external things that you don't have any control over really um Mm -hmm. and 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 focusing on what's really meaningful
0: and so would that be you know I don't know if you um can articulate this or have thought about this, but in terms of like your kind of mission or what kind of fuels you beyond the everyday, would you say it's a around that or what would you say it, it is?
1: Um so you know, I think that it is around that. It's about you know, staying in the moment—that—that uh, I, I, that was a really big thing to me with—with with those readings. With be here now was was pivotal, pivotal to me. Mm-hmm. And and Nahan. its the same kind of, okay, you know what? Wait a minute, i, I need to it's All I have is right now. Yeah, this is all I really have. Yeah, I can't be reckless with this because the future does matter. What I do now does impact what's next. But all I really have is right now. And um it's it's not easy to do mentally, especially when you have so many responsibilities and you know obligations. Just so many things coming at us, right, right? That we have to juggle. So that is that is something that's always carried forward for me and 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 it carries forward for me every day. Um I have to remind myself to to do that, to just say. Take a breath, but having, uh, trying not to have, uh, high expectations, unrealistic expectations. I think that's a
0: big one. I Is not, that something I struggle with? Oh, that's so interesting. Have high expectations of yourself, of others, of life.
1: I have very high expectations of myself, not so much. Well, maybe of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> <He'll> <laughs> like them. I'm being honest, but, um, yeah, I, not so much of other people. Yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think that there's there's something to uh, my upbringing, you know, I think too. Yeah. Like uh, being raised by depression kids, um, coming from a, a different generation, tougher stock and work ethic, like you just do, do, do. And don't complain. And doesn't matter how you feel, you get up and you do it. Yeah. And sometimes it's to a fault. Sometimes you need to like say, okay, wait a minute. I can't do all this. I need to stop now and take care of me because I won't have anything left to give anyone else. Yeah. Um, That's, that's, that's therein lies (laughs) the, the overwhelming, you know, dilemma, if you will, question of how, how does one, how does a woman who is trying to balance and juggle, you know, learn how to let go and take care of herself and still give to everyone else?
0: That's a biggie. I mean, it really is. Um, what about what traits do you love in other people? And what traits do you kind of deplore in other people? So I really admire honesty
1: and kindness. There's brutal honesty. that can be very unkind. Yeah. I admire that. But I I think being a kind and genuine person Um, You know, that always comes through because it's it's from the heart. Um, I don't like selfishness. I don't respect people who uh, are takers. Mm
0: -hmm. What about Colleen? um, Maybe not the best advice you were ever given, but either good advice you've heard or if somebody was asking advice, just kind of life advice from you. What is kind of a piece of advice that you could offer uh, to somebody or that somebody gave you that you thought, yeah, that's really a helpful piece of information for me?
1: So um, I'd have to say the last thing that my father said to me Um, I was, I was going through a challenge at the time I was, I was working in sales. I was working at Comcast. I was on a team of like eight men, no women. And, uh, it was just really tough. Um, and I was trying to to make a change and I, I kept trying, I couldn't find anything else. I just felt like I was up against a wall as a woman and he leaned up and as I was telling him this, I said, I don't wanna complain. I don't wanna, I know you're not feeling too well. It was right before he had passed away. And he said, you know, just remember this is only a small portion of your life. And it was just, it, it it was a very poignant moment for me. it it resonates with me still, I think, because it was his last piece of advice, counsel to me, and he was such an important person in my life. Um, I never forgot it. And I remember it, it it comes up for me at different times where I'm like, oh gosh, this is like ridiculous. I I can't believe I'm still dealing with this. (laughs) When is it gonna end? Why am I going still going through this? If the suffering of whatever it is, and I'll remember that. It's like, you know what? This is only a small portion of my life, yeah, even if it is, it seems like it's going on forever. This isn't going to last forever.
0: yeah, and Very that's how true. I
1: can kind of transcend it, whatever it is.
0: you know you're my reminding me when I was little, I used to always tell myself, when you're twenty one, you'll forget about this. That was my little sentence. I said to myself, when you're twenty one, <laughs> And, and then I hit 21 and I was like, now what, you know? <laughs> to me, that was like, okay, well, you know, I'm here. Everything from here on in must matter. Um, speaking of your, your dad and your mom, what's one thing, if you could parcel it down to just one of the very many things that you really admire about each one? Like what's one thing that you really admire about your dad? And what's one thing that you really remember or cherish about your mom? And I will just say, um, both sadly, both of your parents have passed away. For those who you know yeah. may not know that. Um.
1: um, you know they they were both really different, and um, but very both very loving and committed to their family to each other. My mother was really funny she was hilarious. And it's there were times that I didn't appreciate that, especially as a teenager.
0: Interesting. It's funny,
1: the needling, which I see in my husband, I don't appreciate that. either. (laughs) But I miss my mother and I I miss that humor. Um, My father was just he was always a constant. And he was very cool he was just he was he was a really cool and calm guy i just don't he he might get upset but he would return to his center very quickly
0: oh interesting yeah usual for like a jack finnegan i think of irish men might be like stoic really, and not yeah. really talk to you you know yeah.
1: but, but um very seldom like really lost his cool you know yeah interesting and i think there's a stoicism in in the older generation i think i think people are much more expressive emotionally now um which is good but it's also like okay you know what i just need to contain that yeah (laughs) yeah
0: yeah there's no containment although i come from very explosive people who i uh, you know adore but there was a tons of containment um so Colleen, if you had like a magic wand, you could change anything about the world You how to do it like right now. Somebody, I'm just giving you this magic wand. What would you do with your magic wand?
1: I think, you know, I, I'd want to have everyone that has hate in their hearts to find a reason why and to do everything that they could constructively to heal it.
0: That's great. I love that. I wish you did have a magic wand. <laughs> Cause there's so much of that. Yeah.
1: And uh, there's a lot of polarization yep. politically. And I feel that people that I've known who I always thought had a lot of love in their hearts. Aren't
0: acting that way. No, no, you know, partly too, I don't know. I was thinking about this recently. There's so many things that go into this, but I was also thinking that it has been exacerbated by the pandemic. There's a lot of things that came out of the pandemic that were good, good things. And then there were, of course, deaths and illnesses that were horrifying and horrible things. But I also think that some of that polarization came because we weren't together in person. And there's something that happens when you and I disagree. But when we're in the same room together, I go, oh yeah, that's right. I like this person. I mean, I know that that's just one of many, many things. There's so many other things that can, you know, be attributed but Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i was really thinking about recently that we miss just being in the same room together you know yeah it's it's it it
1: definitely a lot of good has come from it i i i think you know it's made people realize what's really important being with their families you know spending more time with their animals
0: yeah, it's true. Yeah,
1: it's true, right? The animals loved it, <laughs> right? Being at home, you know, the home being sacred, you know, space of the family, all of that. Yeah. Um, and and as great as social media, like, can you imagine being in a pandemic without social media?
0: True. Oh my right? gosh. The
1: texting or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I think yeah, it's definitely like, it's it's you kind of have seen sides of people that you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Right. pandemic, uncertainty, politics.
0: The ability to say something without actually being a foot away from somebody sometimes is also, you know, it's easy. You know, you have your keyboard warriors, they call it. They haven't seen really hateful expressions in person. Um, too, I mean, there's definitely a boiling over. We're we're definitely experiencing a boil over of rage and fear and resentment. It's stoked by a lot of time, you know, watching maybe one person spew something forth on YouTube or whatever it is that somebody's kind of obsessively compulsively watching that stokes their rage and resentment, and you know that can yes. almost be addictive too, um, unfortunately. So I think that there are a lot of reasons for it. It's, it's kind of like a perfect storm, you know. Um, I, I
1: think that um, there, there is a lot of, you know, spewing of rhetoric, right, um, from yeah. people that have platforms to do it. Yeah. Platforms of power, uh, platforms of broadcast, yeah. you know, whatever, they get an audience. And I think people, human beings um, are fearful. You know, we're yeah. we're, fe- we're fearful um, because we aren't all powerful. And we give maybe too much credit to others or expect these people that we put on pedestals to solve all of our problems. But I see how fear, it seems to have seeped into to people, um, their psyche and their, their ideologies, um, more so over the last few years in this pandemic and, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the crisis that we, we've we experienced, um, in, politically and it's, we don't want uh, people need to realize, like, we don't, we don't want to have a society that's corrupt. Do we, 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 right. we want a society that's corrupt. Do we want to have a hate and fear-based society yeah. and, and you know what, everybody's going to have different values, but really we can't expect to impose ours on other people because we have differences you know politically or religiously uh even ideologically it's it's not it's not right and it's not fair um people get to live their life the way they want to as long as they're not doing anything illegal (laughs) hurting people children um it's just i think it's very simple i mean i i don't have all the answers i don't sound like i do but I don't know where we've gone off the rails.
0: We have Um, gone off the rails. And it's so weird because what you're saying is really, it seems like a very American thing to say. When you and I were growing up, that was what was patriotism was that you could do your thing and somebody else could do their thing. It's just so, we have turned a corner, but I love the thought um, of just kind of bending people's hatred toward love and light. I think that that would be a great use the magic wand a great start um just toward healing kind of i guess the planet you know
1: yeah yeah i I think it's 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 important um i i know we recently had something happen with someone um my my husband and i know and uh it's very disappointing um that this person has developed a mindset that's very attacking you know because they're they have a, opposing views they have opposing views about the pandemic and health and politics mm-hmm. and um they seem to think it's okay to attack you know um they don't just, get it just randomly attack um and because you know we're who we are and we've worked really hard and still work hard to 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 be, to live the way we do, that we're wrong, <laughs> you know? um, and I, I, you know, I, I was really angry and upset, and but I, I admire my husband because he's decided not to feed into it.
0: That's great.
1: And decided not to kick this person out of his place of business when they come in and attack him.
0: Oh my and gosh! They come it's in. It's pretty horrible. That's really you know, we're weird. bad
1: parents, and we're bougie, <gasps> and we're all this. I mean, I don't think we're really? really, um,
0: you know, that's bizarre. It sounds like the person is very unhinged. bizarre.
1: But but they're but they realize like who who are we? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You, you walk the fine line of being the fool, right? Sometimes you have to be strong and 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 maintain your your principles, right? I'm very principled. Like was raised very, you know, yep. you know. Irish category, very principled people, do the right thing. You know, yes. there's resentment. You know, hey, don't cross me. But I, I feel like it's been a challenge. I've really had to look at myself and say, who do I want to be, and who do I want to represent to my children and the people yeah. that are in my life? So I've got to forgive this person. I have to forgive them because you have they to forgive, forgive really them, but you don't necessarily.
0: Them. Yeah, you don't always have to have them in your life, though. My feeling no. is, forgive them. From a distance <laughs> you know if somebody's yeah. you know that desiderata by max oh my Herman? gosh
1: that's exactly what i thought about before this call
0: did you go really? go, go classically uh yes amidst, uh noise and haste. and haste as far as possible without surrender be on good terms with. i i people. had it on my wall since i was 14 when i was 14 all through high school but one of the things it says in the desert dorada is avoid people who are vexatious to your yeah, to the spirit yeah. and so i really do that is carried through in my life i mean if i have to have there are certain people that you just they have to be in your life whether it's professionally or otherwise so you know but limit them L- limit them and hold I, your boundary i think someone had said it to me once um you know, you
1: can just wish them peace.
0: Yes. That, and, you yes. know, you
1: don't you don't need to like have them in your life. You don't want to be, you know, angry and bitter. Yeah. I mean, we're human beings. We ha- we experience the gamut of emotions. Somebody wrongs sure. you. Somebody criticizes your parenting because you're paying for your kids' college <laughs> or whatever. Um right. I can wish them peace. I don't need that in my life. I move. I try to move away from it. But I also don't want to hold that hatred or whatever. I mean, hatred's pretty strong, but I guess it is a a form of hatred in my heart. You know, it's- Right.
0: What is it that somebody said something like, resentment is like um, taking Taking poison and expecting the other person to die? die.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, but it is really, I mean, also when somebody criticizes your parenting, that kind of hits where it hurts because- I don't know. We're all, that's a vulnerability too. You know, we all, um, I don't know. That's just, that's just, that's hard, but I will say, um, you guys are great people. So, you know, the good news is you're both really good. And the bad news is that you have some crazy person coming into Bruce's place of business, (laughs) but you know, what are you, it's, gonna do? It,
1: it, you know, thank you. And, and, and you guys are really great people. And uh, I'm so glad that your, your parents are, are still, you know, in your life.
0: Yes. I'm really, you know, really, regularly. Lucky.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I just, uh, that's, it's so heartwarming.
0: Yeah. Your
1: mom is, you know, she's just awesome. Great contributor.
0: She is. (laughs)
1: Social media, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're both, to me, I love that my mom and dad, first of all, they help to educate me about living just through their example. Um, And they're both voracious readers and they're both very mentally active. And so I think that has served them really well. And um, yeah, I mean, they're both really, you know, really smart, really funny, really vibrant, very much passionately engaged in trying to make the world better. They are not at all sitting back and just throwing up their hands. That's just not who they are. And yeah, I, re- I really am, l- truly lucky. I really am. I-, I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's we
1: we. Uh... I feel like everybody has a part, you know?
0: Right. Yeah,
1: everybody has a part. And I just hope that there's more people, I think that there are becoming aware of, you know, people may say woke, is that woke? You know, becoming <laughs> <Right>. aware um, <laughs> of, of that this, this is a time when we, we need to try and make a difference. And, you know, wherever we can, Um, I think it's important not to sit idle and, 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 and not educate ourselves and, and not have a voice, but learn how to like, talk to people about differences and, you know, move away when it's unhealthy. Don't react. Don't be hateful. Wish them peace. Speak your truth and wish them peace. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, I, I I think you, you, you definitely Exhibit that to me, you know, Thank speaking you. your truth and in a respectful way, and questioning things that, you know, even when I I've seen things from like, oh my gosh, that's just like a horrible subject. You're you're raising it and saying, let's talk about this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then you I'm know, telling you things your like- boy. I'm like, oh, don't no, don't ask that person. Well, you know what's interesting though, I have to say, I've been pretty lucky by and large um you know in the social media game I haven't had too many kerfuffles (laughs) you know and I don't actually engage I don't do a back and forth I I kind of will speak my truth if I feel that it needs to be said or I feel motivated um and I'm not motivated every second you know to do that because I think that could get tiresome Um, But I also don't do, if somebody says something that's different, I just think, all right, that's different. I'm not going to try to convince them. I've already said what I said. So I don't do the thing where you go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because I don't really understand its purpose. I mean, I'll do that in real life if somebody wants to go out for coffee and talk, but I won't do it. Social media isn't really place for that in my opinion. There's too many nuances in discussion and I think that I don't know how always to be kind if I'm going back and forth. Um I'm too a little I'm a little too pugilistic for that. I feel like it could get ugly whereas if I were just in person I could engage. So if there's something powerful that I think well I'm going to use that social media platform to say a, a little bit about this and somebody says something first of all most of my Facebook friends I'm really lucky in in the fact that they're mostly even if we think differently very respectful Mm -hmm. and kind and if I've if I've befriended somebody who was filled with hate at this point I might have already unfriended them because I I don't like somebody who's spewing hatred that's like really not I don't have a place for it especially because I sometimes show pictures of my kids and I engage on a family level. So if you're, I don't want hate intertwined with that, you know? Yeah, no.
1: I do know. And, um, you know, it's just, it's a form of bullying, you know, when you start yeah. to engage, right? Oh yeah, it gets really and that, There's nothing constructive. No. In that. So no. I, I have... I've kind of gotten away from. I used to be a more active contributor. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when my daughter was having health issues, yeah,
0: um,
1: Ella, you know, and yeah, uh, she's she, she's recovered from. Thank God. I just was like, I can't. I just I need to like get away from this.
0: Yeah, you there's can't put to your too
1: much noise here. There's too much
0: noise. That's a great, that's a great point. You know, when it gets really noisy, we have to get silent and um, silence is, I don't know, that's where it's at. And I say that coming from a very chatty little landscape, as you know, Colleen. (laughs) But, but you're getting certified. I am getting getting certified certified in meditation. That's right. So I do have my time, my time of silence. I store it up.
1: (laughs) See, I think that you're a great candidate to
0: interview. I, I think okay. I should interview you. Okay, well, we will do that. That'll be another <laughs> podcast. I would love it because I have no shortage of things to say. <laughs> Colleen, I've taken up so much of your time. I, I'm really, really grateful for your presence in my life. I really am. You're somebody who I love watching. I love the watching the way you engage with the world. I love hearing how you approach things it's very refreshing to me because you do always speak your truth you are very motivated to make the world better but you always do it through the prism of kindness i, I always see that so i really do love thank that thank you
1: thank you for You're saying welcome. that that's so kind
0: it's it's the truth i hope
1: i hope i don't bore anything anybody with my viewpoints.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you will and not, rambling. I guarantee.
1: But thank you. And um, likewise. Thank and you. I'm glad that our daughters are friends. I think it's
0: so agree. such a gift. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? I agree. They're amazing. They're amazing. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor Roseanne Griffiths. The talented musician Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.